Getting it all out of the way, first day. There we go. If you join us online, we're so glad you're here too. Uh, most of us, or many of you, uh, will join online first, like you check us out online. Can't wait till you come here and we get to meet you uh, right here. So it's a new year. Great year for a reset. A reset. What do you mean? I, okay, I was heading a certain direction and I stopped and I reset. I'm going to go in a different direction in a different way. And so <clears throat> uh, where? Where do you need to reset? What are you building your life on? What's the foundation of your life built on? Um, when I was 16, a lot of what I'm going to talk about today was when I'm a teenager. I don't know how it worked out that way, but it did. When I was 16, uh, my dad, uh, we, we lived on a farm, and on the back of our farm, a good 100 acres of our farm was all swamp, which was fantastic to play in as a kid. But we always wanted to drain the swamp and raise corn on that swamp. Swamps make the greatest land for corn, really, that there is. We always wanted to do that, and uh, my dad finally saved up. He bought a backhoe, an excavator for about $10,000, and uh, one day he said, okay, Chris, I want you to go back, take the excavator, go back in, uh, go to where this pond is, and begin to dig that out so we can get the water to drain out of this, out of this swamp. Man, I was excited, loved running, uh, running equipment, and uh, this was a new piece of equipment, and so, hey, let's go. And I, I got on that thing, and I go out into the swamp and out across the water. It was amazing. You could go anywhere. You could go anywhere. It would not sink. It had these big tracks on it. You could go anywhere. It would not sink. And so I got close to the pond. I reached in, and I, I, there was this bush in the way. So I pushed it out of the way, and then I drove where that bush was, and I started to work. Now, the important part of this is I was so excited. I couldn't believe what a good job I was doing. I couldn't believe how well it was going. I had great motives. Away we go. About a half an hour into digging... I realized I was sinking. The reason I was sinking is because the whole time I was driving around, I was driving around on roots. I just pushed the roots away and drove into it. So I went from euphoria, this is awesome, to I have to tell Dad I sunk the backhoe. It took us six months to get that thing out. We had to wait for the season to change and drain that, or, or build a wall, and pump that out. How, how many times have you said, I think I'm on a solid foundation, and away you go, only to find out that foundation crumbled from underneath you? When we don't know the rules of the game, and we don't know who's in charge, it is easy to follow the wrong person or build our lives on the wrong foundation. There's a new missionary uh, person that wanted to become a missionary. They, were going on, they went on a missionary apprenticeship program, MAP, and uh, they went to Venezuela. Uh, they did not yet know the language, and uh, they had a plan to visit a church that day, and they got there, but they got lost along the way. And, uh, but then they finally got there. They walk in. The church is entirely full. The only place that is open is right up here, the seat right up front. And so he sneaks up front and sits down and goes, okay, all right. I don't know what's going on here. I'm just going to follow somebody who looks like they do know what's going on. And so the ne guy next to him seems like he knew what's going on. So he just mimicked what he was doing. He followed what he was doing. And so uh, as they sang, he sang. Whenever they clapped, whenever that guy clapped, he clapped. Which, by the way, I do that too. I cannot clap on beat. 
So when, I, when you guys are all worshiping, I'm actually watching the person next to me to make sure I'm not offbeat. Right? So that's what this guy's doing. He's following, he's following that person along. And uh, so when the, when, they, when the man stood up to pray, he stood up to pray. When they took communion and he took the bread and the juice, he took the bread and the juice, just like he followed exactly what that man was doing. And then it seemed like the, the, the pastor was giving announcements and then everybody clapped. And so he, that guy clapped, so he, he clapped too. And just kept following along with everything was going on. And, and then, and then the, as he was making announcements, uh, the guy next to him stood up. So he stood up. And, he, he was, and there was this <gasps> from the crowd behind. And he looked around. They were the only two standing up. So he sat down. And then they went on, and there was this clapping, and, and then eventually the guy sat down. So he, he's leaving, and as he's leaving, he gets out to the door there, and the pastor says, um, you don't know Spanish, do you? He goes, no. How, how did you know? How, why was that so obvious? He said, well, at the end of the service, I made the announcement that the Acosta family had a new baby boy. And would the father please stand up? Have you ever been in that experience where you followed the wrong leader? Now, the entire time you're following the leader, you think you're doing the right thing. You think you're doing what's best. You think you're loving people. You've got the right motives. You got, you're doing good. Only to find out what a regret. Oh, my goodness. What have I done? I'm in the wrong place. I did the wrong thing. Why? Because I didn't know who I answered to. And I didn't know the rules of the game. Does it matter who you answer to? Does it matter if you know the rules of the game and play by those rules? You better believe it does. If you're a man, a husband, a father, a friend. You influence people. They need your strength. You often are put in a leadership position, whether you ever chose to be in that leadership position or not, that is the role that you have. And when you know who you answer to, and you know the rules of the game, you are going to influence those people. If you don't, they're going to flounder. How many of you in your life, if your father had only been there, if he had only been a leader instead of a follower, if he'd only been a giver instead of a taker, even to this day, you wrestle with that. If you're a woman, you influence people. You heavily influence people. If you're a mom, if you're a daughter, if you're a sister, if you're a wife, you have this amazing ability to care and bring warmth and wisdom into people's lives. 
And without that, they struggle. Do you see, why does it matter if you know who you answer to? Why does it matter if you know the rules of the game? Because the people that you love are hugely influenced by your life and who you are. Let's see if we need a reset. And to do that, let's go back to the beginning. In this series called Reset, we're actually going to spend our entire time in the Old Testament. And I'm going to start with the very beginning of the Old Testament. The Old Testament has uh, five sections to it. It's got, <clears throat> you can divide it up in a number of different ways, but as you read the Old Testament, as you interact with the Old Testament, in this series, we'd like to help you to be able to, to succeed. And how do I understand the Old Testament? The first part is, it's a funny word. It's called the Pentateuch, or it's called the law. And in this, the very, that's the very first five books of the Old Testament. And then comes the history. And it's the story of the nation of Israel and, and all the way through and, and the kings and, and what happened with them. And then comes the poetry, like the, the, what was written in terms of the Psalms and the Proverbs. You read or understand poetry differently than you do history and even differently than you do the law at the beginning. And at the end is the, the major and the minor prophets as you work your way through it. And so the Old Testament is not one book. It's a bunch of books. It's 39 different books that are put together. And so when you read them, it's important to know, hey, wh where am I reading? What, what kind of a book am I interacting with? And as we do, um, this principle I want you to follow as you read the Old Testament, really the Bible as a general, but definitely the Old Testament. Do not look for the hidden until you obey the obvious. Don't look at the Old Testament like this is mysterious, odd, weird. It's not. There are some things that are super clear. Look at those first. Obey those first before you start looking for the hidden. And we want to ask these four questions. What do I learn about God? What do I learn about man? What principles of life did I see as I read my way through it? And what do I see about God's redemption story? And so we're going to start with Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What do we learn about God? He is your creator. And he created everything that you see. And God saw that it was good. Seven times, he says, and God saw that it was good. He says it over and over again. He created this. He said it was good. He created this. He said it was good. He created the, the light, the first day, the land, the animals, everything that's in the sea, the stars, all of it. He kept saying it's good. It's good. It's good. What do we learn? God is the creator, and what he creates is good. It's good. The creation you see around you, it's good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that we may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. He created you and me in his image. This is important. You learn about man. What do you know about you? 
I've been created in God's image. What do you know about the person sitting next to you? They've been created in God's image. The way we interact with each other is not the same way we interact with animals. Why? Because the person, you and the person you're interacting with, have been created in God's image. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He keeps saying this. He created you in God's image. You're like, you're a woman. Why are you a woman? God created you to be a woman. Why are you a man? God created you to be a man. How do you find out who you are? From your creator. You don't find out who you are, according to the Bible, from looking deep inside yourself. You find out who you are from looking at the Creator, who God is. Now, interestingly, when He created man, He gave them purpose and authority. You have purpose. There's a reason why you exist. There's a You have a purpose for your life. God has given you a purpose for your life. Interestingly enough, you know what it is? Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Some of you are very good at that. Good job. Keep doing it. There's family right here. Way to go, guys. Good job. Oh, that's funny. It's actually true. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to come together and to create. Your other purpose, and some of you, this is going to rub you the wrong way. It's just what the Bible says. You are to rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. What? Yeah, you're supposed to. You have authority over things in this world. God gave you purpose and authority This authority thing is really important. Why? Because we're in search of who we answer to and what are the rules of the game. Then uh, he does, does an interesting move, but it's in line with what we've already seen. The Lord God, uh, I'm kind of jumping as we work our way through. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge and good, of good and evil. For when you eat from, the, from it, you will certainly die. God gave them a choice. This is a big deal about understanding who you are and understanding who God is. God does not interact with you as though he were the tyrant and you are the slave. God interacts with you as though you are his creation. You have the ability to make choices and act on those choices. He gave you authority and responsibility. Now, the next passage I chose, because I'm guessing you know the story. 
You know the story of Adam and Eve. I'm taking that for granted. If you don't, when you run home, read the story. It's really important understanding how life works. But what was this relationship like with God and these human beings? This actually happens after the fall. The next passage happens after Adam chooses to eat of that one tree he's not supposed to eat from. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? You see, after he created them, they had this practice. After they worked during the day, they would walk in the garden with God. God would come and walk with them. He's created all this, and it's all good, and they're experiencing this good with God. And they are not ashamed one bit. They're naked, they're not ashamed to be with each other, and they're not ashamed to be fully who they are in front of God. It's an awesome relationship. So God's created something good, and he gave them a choice. Now I want you to go back to that choice. God is good. And what he wants in your life is good. Defined by him, not defined by you. Not like the little child, like your little kid, when you tell them, hey, listen, uh, I want to get you something, and, and before you know it, they become tyrants. They're like, they don't want that, they don't want that, I want this. No, no, I, I will decide what's good for you. That was God's relationship. What do you think it was like for Adam when the temptation came? And what was the temptation? Was it that the apple was so amazingly good looking and he never had that good of a, a fruit before? No. He could eat of any fruit in the garden. Nope, it wasn't that. You see, what the tempter came and said was this. You don't answer to God. They said, yeah, we do. God said, if we eat of this, we'll die. They said, he said, you won't die. You don't answer to him. He's lying to you. You don't answer to God. As a matter of fact, if you eat this tree, you'll know as much as God knows. You'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. But it was a twist. Because he, he wasn't selling evil. He was selling good. He said, God's not really good. He hasn't really given you what's good. You need to answer to yourself. And you need to find out for yourself what's good. And the only way you can do that is you got to go against God. The only way you can do that is you got to take it in your own hands. Take it yourself. You ever been in that temptation? You ever been in that situation where you clearly know what's right and wrong? And some voice says, yeah, but, but you don't understand. Those people who made up those right and wrong rules, they just did that to keep you from having the good. Come taste the good. 
You, you can imagine that, right? The next one is Cain and Abel. And I'm just going to grab, uh, then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? If you know the story, Cain and Abel had brought their offerings to God, and God said yes to Abel's. He brought it by faith. He'd done it God's way. And Cain did it differently than that, and, and, and God didn't accept Cain's. And Cain was furious at Abel, not God. He was furious at Abel. And God said very clear to him. He said very, very clear to him, listen, just do the right thing. He knew what the right thing was. And rather than do the right thing, he went and killed Abel. He's going to solve the problem by killing Abel. Now listen to this response. He says, where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? You know what that means? I don't know. I don't answer to you. And I don't answer for him. And I don't answer for what I've done. God, I don't answer to you. I make my own way. Ever been there? Have you ever been there? Don't think I've ever directly said that to God. Have you said it to other authorities in your life? I don't answer to you. I answer to me. That's why we need a reset. We need a reset because we live... This has been true for the beginning of time. I always say we live as if this time's way different than any other time, and that, that's not true. But there are a lot of voices telling you, listen, God is a great asset to your life. You, if you will do what God wants, man, your life will be great. A lot of people, including me, have told you, listen, you want a great marriage? Follow God's principles. Listen, you want to have kids that are healthy and a great relationship with them when they're 40? Follow God's principles. You want your grandkids to obey their parents? Follow God's principles. You want to be successful in business? Follow God's principles. And it's very, very, very easy to come to the conclusion, God is there for me. God answers to me. And so when I make my life decisions, I make my life decisions based on, well, is this going to be good for me? How's this going to impact me? I don't make my life's decisions based on I answer to God and I follow the rules because they're God's rules. I live my life the way I do because of who God is and what God said. How you do this reset? 2023 will be a clear reset when I build my life around God's authority and no other. Now to do this for some of you, you got to right now go, wait a minute, who is my authority? 
You've lived your life so long being your own authority, you don't even realize that's true. You don't realize when you make a decision, you don't go, what does God say? That's what God said. That's what I do. When you make a decision, you go, what does God say? I'll take that under advisement. But this is what I'm going to do. Here's the key. I answer to God, and I play the game by his rules. Adam didn't. The story of the, of the Old Testament, much of the Old Testament, is the story of God going, this is good, and man going, I can do better. God going, this is good, and man going, I, 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 don't, I don't answer to you. I build my life around God's authority and no other. Why? Because God, I answer to God and play the game by his rules. Before we do that, ah, I messed part of it. Oh, rats. Okay, back up. <laughs> grab your calendar. Grab your calendar. Some of you are so organized, you're actually going to grab your calendar. I would be like, yeah, in my head, grab my calendar, right? For, if you are organized, grab your calendar. It's really good. Grab your calendar, your daily calendar, and your weekly calendar. Then grab your budget. If you grab your budget, I'm going to fall off this stage, right? right? You got the idea, right? Like, think this through. Grab your budget. And, and here's my question for you in terms of the reset. When you make your daily calendar, what portion of that day is God's? When you make your daily calendar, what portion of that day is God's? And it's God's no matter what. You see, if you answer to God, and if God is the one who knows the rules, and if the God is the one who makes things good and brings good, you better make sure that you are spending at least some of your day with God every day. Now, what's normal for us is, you know what, I do need to have a time and a place with God, and I'm going to do that, and as soon as I get up and I find enough time in the day, I'm going to do that. But you don't understand, I've got kids, and so this is when the time was, but then it's potty training, and then, right, you don't understand, I got a job, and the boss called. You don't understand, I answer to other people besides God. Time for a reset. This is the reset. What you just said is, I have another God. Now, I understand real life. I understand that other God changes his name every five minutes. I know that. I get it. The question is, do you need to reset that no, I know who God is. I know who my boss is. He gets this 30 minutes of every day, no matter what. That's how I build my life. Your weekly calendar. God doesn't, uh, doesn't actually ask a lot. 
He asks you to spend some time with him every day. And he asks you to spend at least one section of a day per week with his family worshiping him. In the New Testament, he says, don't, don't, don't step away from that. Don't stop spending time together to be able to do that. But what have we just went through as a family? What we just went through as a family was that due to the pandemic, you and technology, you have been told, listen, you can entirely build your life around you. you we have the technology to do it. You can decide when you're going to go to church and when you're not going to go to church. You can just pick it up online. You don't have to be with those people. Or you can decide uh, if you're going to go or not go. You can decide why. This is the reset, guys. This is the reset. Because you've been going to church for you. You've been going to church because God is an accessory for you. He's somebody for you. Versus, no, 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 no. I worship God every week at the same time or basically the same time. Why? Because I answer to him. He does not answer to me. And this is what he asked me to do. Well, tell me how it's going to make your life better. Doesn't matter if it's going to make my life better. That's the reset. The reset is I'm not thinking through how I can use God to make my life better. I'm accepting. I do answer to God. I do follow whatever rules he makes. Why? Because he's God. That's who he is. So now we can walk through these three. I build my life around God, God's authority, and no other. What's the key? I answer to God and play the game by his rules. Secondly, I trust God's goodness and love for today and tomorrow. I love, what, what, what what do you mean? I mean, I make my decisions based on the fact that God is good and he loves me. That's why. He told me what to do. That when I answer to God, I am not answering to someone who doesn't have my best interest at heart. I'm answering to someone who has my absolute best interest at heart. And I can trust him. Not just for today, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do today because I trust him for tomorrow. The goodness that's coming tomorrow. Here's the key. God is good. That might be a reset for you. God is good. His enemies are not. What? We live in the day of gray. We live in the day of, yeah, there's, God's here, it's kind of good. Oh, the devil, whoo, he's way over there. But there's all this gray. No, there isn't. There isn't a bunch of gray. God is good. His enemies are not. The temptation to replace God's goodness with something else is not just a choice. It's not just a lifestyle. He is tempting you to disobey God. 
Lastly, I take responsibility for how I respond to God and his revelation. What do you mean? God gave you a choice. You have authority. You choose. This, This is a reset. Sometimes you look at life, you're like, God's in control of everything. He's got everything under control. And so I'm just kind of working my way through life, trying to do the best I can. No. God has given you authority and given you choices. And you're responsible for those choices. So you see, the key is this. God has given me a choice. I am either with him or I'm against him. I'm either with him or I'm against him. Go back to when I was 16. These two things actually happened at the same time. I didn't realize it until I got on stage. These two things actually happened at the same time. Uh, if you've been around me very much, you know that I love sports. I loved playing sports. Loved, loved, loved playing sports. Entirely got my identity from either working or sports. And uh, I, 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 I wasn't actually that good. And... <laughs> But I went to a really small high school, so I got to play. And in basketball, uh, I played super hard, and I was fairly decent at defense because you don't have skill at defense. Just play hard. And so I played hard. Uh, But, uh, and so I was so-so. But I didn't belong with the best. I didn't belong with them. My basketball skills actually really came around my senior year, which I didn't get to play because of I was busy doing other things. I didn't get to play. After my senior year, uh, and we used to go to, when, when, my, when Lori and I first got married, we went to a church that had services Sunday morning and then Sunday night. And they started this basketball league, which was basically my high school teams, the teams my high school played, with guys from there, old alumni from there, and they invited me to be on that team. I'd never played as well as I was playing. Like, my shot came in, and I was really playing. And I would spend every Sunday morning in church thinking about that game that day. We played on Sunday afternoons. And then sometimes I had to miss Sunday night church or there was times when I had to, uh, I would make it to Sunday night church and all I thought about was how I played that day. And God simply came to me in my spirit one day and said, am I the boss or is basketball the boss? I said, and, and folks, you, you, you do these resets. You don't do these every day. When you do these resets, they change your life. And I said, nope, you are my boss. I answer to you. So I was going to tell my, my friend Tim, I'm quitting the team. This is not an exaggeration. This actually happened. He came, I was working on the farm, he came, he goes, Can I, I got to talk to you, I got, to, I got this plan, I got this plan. I said, but I need to talk to you about the basketball first. He goes, no, no, listen to my plan. And he laid it all out, how the entire strategy was, we're going to run the whole team, the whole offense, through me. 
Now, if you know anything about me, oh, baby, that's good. That's really good. I like that. And God goes, who do you answer to? I answer to you. No. I quit. I didn't quit because I could tell you how it was all going to work out. I quit because God made it clear who I answered to. I want to invite you to a reset. I want to invite you as we start this new year to reset the way you make your decisions and how you build your daily, weekly, and budget based on you answer to God. He's good. And he's given you a choice. Choose him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful for this group of people and this family. I'm so grateful that <clears throat> you're good and that you love us and that you're our dad, you're our father, you're our God. We answer to you. Lord, give us the courage to be able to do that this year. Help this not to be a one-time thought, but this is a reset, something we do in the month of January that propels us through the rest of the year. And that, that when June comes and, and, and September comes and next December comes, we have, we have reset. We make our decisions about our time, our money, our relationships based on the fact that you are good and we answer to you. In your name we pray.